you on the subject again. Uh, we started in September of last month, which is go from September 19th of 23 to September of 19th of 24. And to me, it is what we call the theme of our year, Awaken to Righteousness. Amen. And so the word awaken simply means, again, it means to rouse one understanding. So what we're doing, we're rousing your understanding to what? To come up to the level of the new identity that you have in Christ Jesus. Amen. Because the old identity that you and I had, that understanding, that righteousness, which is self-righteous, it will keep us thinking and defending for ourselves. But the righteousness of God that we have received by faith, it is through Christ and Christ alone. And that's where God wants us to be. He wants us to get to the place where we can trust in his word. And the only way we can do that, we have to first do what? Hear his word. So Romans ten seventeen says, so then what? Faith cometh how? By hearing and hearing and hearing and hearing comes by the word of God. The word hearing means to have understanding. So you keep hearing till understanding comes. When understanding comes, now it's yours. Amen? Because you know how to use it. You know how to stand on it. And that's, what, that's why it's so important. So we have been focusing on the last few weeks about the soul or the power of your imagination. Now we... We talked about what the word imagination means. It is, it is your way of conceiving. And the word imagination means to, it means to uh, conceive and with the implication of understanding that, hey, it is how God uses your imagination to see. Not with your, nat your natural eye, but with your spiritual eye. Okay? So, for an example, words are painting the image and the canvas of your mind. You don't see the words that I'm saying. Now, if we were watching TV, or maybe if we can put it up there, I don't know, but they have what they call, I think it's on this uh, Facebook, what they call close capture. Okay? Now, they're not going to catch every word I say. Some of the words they're going to have wrong, but for the majority, they capture words. So what the words are, but the words is, is doing what? Painting an image, what you and I can understand. We're speaking words where understanding is uh, prevalent here. But if I was speaking words where you had no understanding, then you'd be kind of listening to me, you know, you're just like, I don't understand that. I need more clarity on that. Well, the more clarity that we have on the scripture, then the more understanding that we have. Okay, and that's why I said, so then faith come by hearing. And, you know, what well, that is, that is hearing the good news about Christ. So you have to hear it and hear it and hear it until what? Understanding clicks in. And when you hear any particular on any particular area about what you and I have a right to, then guess what? You no longer will struggle in that area. You will triumph. Amen. Now. The triumphant faith that we have as the righteousness of God, it's already there in our born-again spirit. It's not something I'm trying to get. It's something I already have. But what I'm doing is releasing it through the soulish part of me 
And your soul composed of your mind, your will, and your emotion. Okay? So with my mind, the word mind is part of your imagination. So with your mind is where you do all your thinking. Okay? So you use your imagination to do what? To think. Another part of your soul will be what? It's your will. Your will is what? Your chooser. Your will is where you make all of your choices. I mean, you know, if you, you know, uh, if Brother Joe going to go fishing, so what he does? See, I'm going fishing tomorrow, so what he did? He made a choice. He chose tomorrow to go fishing. Now, Brother Joe said that's all he's going to catch, but I don't know. I'm just going by what they say. I'm just, I'm just seat in the conversation. That's an A-B conversation. <laughs> like they say sometimes, see your way out, you know? <laughs> but anyway, but that's what we do. We make choices. Your will is your chooser. And then the third part of your soul, it is what? Your emotion. Your emotion is supplied or it benefits your feelings. Your feelings are known through your emotion. So how many senses we have? Five, right? So your five senses is functioning through your emotion. That's why sometimes if we are sad or something went wrong or whatever, our emotion will display off of a feeling that we have about what we heard. That's how some, someone knows something is wrong because they can see it on your, the continents of your face. Is that right? So that's your emotion displaying a feeling or something you heard or something you taste. Can you see that? Okay. Now, what we've been talking to you about, uh, kind of like back and forth using the word hope and using the word soul. This week I've been talking about the soul of man and last Sunday, I was talking to you about hope. Well, they both are the same, okay? Because notice this, hope actually function, give the soul a, 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 um, a light, a directive, a way of how to think, a way of how to uh, be, if I could use that, me- that manner. Meaning this, Hope is, well, let's put this up, Casey, uh, Hebrews chapter 11 and verse 1. And notice the scripture says, now faith is the substance. Okay, let's give a moment, get that. Now faith is the substance. Can you see that? Faith is what? The substance. So the word, we talked about the word substance, right? So the word substance is a confirmation, it's a confident, it's an assurance. That's what the word substance means. It's a title deed to something like to a car, to a home, to a building, okay? Uh, It's the confirmation like to a hotel, accommodation, or maybe you pay your bill. Well, most of us probably pay all of our bills online. I know I do. I can remember in the day, Bill, you used to be going from place to place paying your bill. Anybody remember that? And when they came with that online stuff, I ain't trusting that. Is that right? Now I'm all in there. 
So, <coughs> excuse me. So, so what happened when you pay your bill online? They give you what? A confirmation number. So if they come back and say, well, uh, Mr. Joe, you have not paid your fiber bill. I said, oh, no, I got a confirmation. Well, it showed that you didn't. Well, can you give me that number? And you, he, 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 Brother Joe, give him, give him that number, and then all of a sudden that number comes up because it comes from them and say, oh, something must have happened because, yes, we see you did pay, but it showed here that you didn't pay. So what was what is Brother Joe saving grace? That confirmation. Well, that's what it says. Now, faith is the substance of things hoped for. Hope is not something that's blind. Hope is not something that you wish for. Hope is something that you truly expect that is real. It is as real fact. Put this up right here. Put the same verse using the classic amplifier. It said, now faith is the assurance. That is the confirmation, the title deed of the thing that we hope or the, word, or the thing that we expect, or we could say the thing that we confidently expect, being the proof of things we do not see. See, I don't see it with my natural eye, but I can see it because words does what? Paint a picture. Words is painting a picture in the canvas of my mind and it's giving me a way to communicate. It's giving me a way to articulate. It's giving me a way to have assurance that this is so. It's, this is going to happen. Okay? Words give you that power. Words give you that ability. And yet, it's not even present. But because you understand words, you believe it. Right? We do it in the natural as well as we do it in the spiritual. It's just when it comes to spiritual thing, because we can't see it versus the natural, which you do see, so you struggle. But it's not. Because that which you don't see was more, I mean, was, uh, is more potent than that which you do see. That which you do see came from the same realm of what you don't see, what you hadn't seen before. I mean, just think about the convenience of, of everything that we have today. I mean, just, I mean, look. I mean, at one time, you know, I, I, I knew growing up as a kid, you know, when we were very young, you know, we used to have, I mean, we used to take a, uh, me and my brother, we took a, a, a bath in a, in what they call a foot tub. Y'all know what a foot tub is? You heat that water up on the, on the stove. That's right. See, I got one witness. You hear you, you heat that, you, yeah. I mean, and I was standing in the shower this morning, and it was just like, Lord, thank you. You could turn the, the faucet hot and cold just like you wanted and just enjoy it. But at one time, didn't always have that convenience. And sometimes we take it for granted. Is that right? I mean, but I'm using this to say, notice this, being the proof of things we do not see, the conviction of their reality, faith perceiving as real fact what is not revealed to the senses. In other words, just because you can't see it, just because you can't touch it, you can't feel it, it does not mean that it's not so. 
Because words are like spiritual container. Words put things in motion. When you have an understanding of them, words will not stop working on your behalf until it happens. Right? That's the key. Words are not stop working on your behalf until it comes to pass. And that's the reason why sometimes things in the natural, I mean, you know, in the negative, you say, well, how come this come to pass and what I believe for didn't? Your faith was more developed in the negative than it was in the positive. That's, that's not a letdown. What it, does. it shows me where I need to start strengthening my inner man, where my inner man needs to be strengthened more focused on the light of the word of God than it is of those things of the natural which I can see. Because natural faith will bind you. Natural faith tells you what is, what's already is. Spiritual faith or the word of God or the, yeah, the word of God by faith is speaking to you in a manner to where you can't see it, you can't touch it, but yet in my imagination, because words are painting a, a picture in my canvas, in my mindset, I can see it. So therefore, I receive it. And then what I do? I act on it. But you can't act on it without this life of Christ in you. It's not like you acting on it. No, it's the life that you have. It's the nature that you have now partook. It is what's giving you that confidence. It is what's giving you that assurance. And it is what's causing you to step out and do things and believe for things like you have never done before in your life. Because you can't do it in yourself. Did you understand that? What? Look, we're going to come back to the first. Look at 2 Corinthians chapter 5 and look at verse 17. This, is, this right here is one of the most potent scripture in the New Testament because this is your beginning right here. It said, therefore, if any man, if any person is engrafted in Christ, the Messiah, that's an act of your will. He is a new creature. All creation, a new creature altogether. That means you are now a species that never was. I mean, you ever took a, I only use one of those knives very, not much. What do you call that when you, uh, you take the, what do you call that kind of knife? Or you, like a filet knife? Filet, okay. And what it does, it trims off. The skin of, of the, you know, like on fish, right? The bone, the back of it. Well, this is what, I'm trying to use that. The Holy Ghost took a filet knife, which is the word, and it cut out that spirit that was dead, that was decayed, that had nothing but death in it. He, 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 he filleted that. He severed that out. And then he put in that new heart. And that's why you can believe. Because you got his spirit. You have the nature of God. Righteousness 
is the nature of God. Let me say that to you again. Righteousness is the nature of God. So you have God's righteousness imparted into your spirit that never was. That's why I said, therefore, if any person is engrafted in Christ, the Messiah, he is a new creation, a new creature altogether. The old, previous moral and spiritual condition has passed away. That thing that brought death is no longer. So you may and I, you and I may have been conceived in one way, but through the new identity of receiving Christ, the old previous moral spiritual condition, it passed away. Whatever I was before I got saved, not the act of sinning. Okay? That's the verb, right? I'm talking about the now. The now is the part the person. How do you say that? Person, place, or thing. Right? The verb is, what is a verb? A verb is what? An action. See? You, you may be still sinning, but that's not who you are now. Because now you have a new life that's in you that is sustaining. That's power. That's a power in that. That's God's power, God's life on the inside of your, your spirit now, which is born anew, that spirit is sustaining you from the old previous moral and spiritual condition. He said, it passed away. Behold, the fresh and the new has come. But now my mindset doesn't know that. It has not received that. Now, you do have a glorified body and a glorified spirit that awaits us when you leave the earth. But I have not received a glorified mind or a glorified body as of yet. So the body has to be what? Taught. The soul has to be what? Retrained. Yes, sir. Well, sanctification is, yeah. Well, I mean, both you could use both terms. Sanctification, boom, took place all at one time, which it did in your spirit. You are sanctified. You are cleansed forever. It's sealed. But now the act of sanctification, just like the act of renewing your mind, that's a what? It's a process. So you go through a process, and the process, guess what, of sanctification never ends. It's like, okay, I took a shower this morning. So I ain't got to take a shower no more tonight, right? Or in the morning. I don't have to take a shower. I took my shower for the week. <laughs> All right? So y'all get the point, right? Well, that's the same thing about your soul. Well, I went to church today. I don't need to hear the word no more. It's the same, it's the same thing. See, you can see you not taking, you can see the effect of not taking a shower or bath or whatever it is that you do every day. 
you can see the effect, what's going to happen. The stink going to rise, right? <laughs> now, the thing about, so look at the soul the same way. The stink going to rise. The way, you, the way you were speaking, it's going to come back, right? The way that you were thinking, it's going to come back. I mean, with a, with a punch, right? Why? Because you, you didn't do anything to do or to continue to cleanse your mind. It's a continuous cleansing. That's why sanctification or holiness is not a root. It's a fruit. It's something we wear. My holiness, my sanctification is in my spirit. Every, you can't wear something physically, uh, uh, yet physically, you know, that took place in your spirit without it first being an impression in your spirit. It has to see the life has to be in your spirit first. So sometimes when people say, are looking to be holy, we judge holiness how? I know at one time I judged holiness how? How somebody, well, how they look, how they dressed. I mean, you know, Mm, 20, 20 years ago? I could never be in a platform like this. What? I'm in sin. Why are you going to hell? Right? Got your little, your little skinny jeans on and got your little shirt tail out. Right? And see, we, we, we built a culture of thinking every time you're in a platform or whatnot, you have to have a suit. You got to be dressed down. You have to have the right shoes on. You know, you got to have a Rolex. Yeah, yeah. You know, you thought all of that was important. That stuff was, that stuff was overrated. So you thought because the way a person, you know, you may have a $1,200 suit or a $2,000 suit on, and you, know, you may have a pair of shoes that's worth about, you know, $800. I had some of them clothes. I had some of them shoes. I still got some of them shoes. I don't wear them. I wear the blues every now and then, but I don't wear them. I'm not impressed with it. I, you know, I'm not, and I, I don't, I don't need it to make me. Okay. Now I'm not against people, you know, who still wear suits every now and then. I may put one, but I'm just saying, you know, the way. We used to do things, the motive was wrong, and you thought you were thinking that this was going to bring some type of importance to you, or someone was going to be able to look up on you to say that, man, that man of God is dressed and don't have nothing in him. All of us can afford to go out. I mean, you got a little credit card. You might not be able to pay it all, but all of us got the ability to get a credit card and go in there and, and go get us a nice suit and a pair of shoes, right? Ain't no big deal. But why do something that doesn't have 
That doesn't make me holy. That doesn't put me above you. Okay? So, absolutely. So, but, but my point here is, is to show you that this new identity that you have in Christ as a new creature, I'm telling you, this is a life of, this is the life of God. Back it up one verse here. It said, consequently, consequently from now on, you know, uh, old King James says, uh, therefore, from now on. In other words, it's just trying to give you the indication, once this new identity that you have, we know no man after the flesh. Even as believers, you should never look at a person after the flesh. I don't care what their blunders are. I don't care what happened. You still know no man after the flesh. You know them after Christ. It's that life that's in you. Okay? Now, notice this. It said, wherefore henceforth, that is, wherefore henceforth. That means from this point on, no, we know man after the flesh. Yes, though we have known Christ after the flesh, yet now henceforth know we him no more after the flesh. I mean, even the disciples, that's all they knew him by. After the flesh. But when Jesus was raised from the dead and appeared to them after his resurrection, that's why they say, now know we him no more after the flesh. That was a big transition for the disciples because they were with him every day. Now, they don't know him anymore. Not like they used to know him. Amen? So we all know the Lord Jesus Christ by the word. Okay? Now, go back to verse, uh, uh, go to verse 18. He said, and all things are, and put this in the NLT, all things are of God. And all of this is a gift from God who brought us back to himself. How did he do that? Through what? Through Christ. That's the reason why you can't point your finger at no one. That's why you know no one after the flesh. If they're born again. You follow what I'm saying? A person who say they're born again and one that is truly born again, the nature of you is going to show up. I mean, just, you know, just think about, you know, you may be born of a, born of a certain household. People can tell by what? There are several things, there are different things that they can tell by. Looks, right? The way you behave, right? That you come from that family. Is that right? I mean, look, I mean, you, the way you speak, the way you kind of lean, you know, the way you kind of stand, you know, you know you come, that, he come from that family. Well, the same, this is the same one. When you got the life and the nature of God inside of you, then guess what? You're going you to start producing fruit unto righteousness. You can't be a Christian and don't bring forth fruit. That's impossible. That'd be like saying a pecan tree, which by the way, 
Y'all know what time it is, huh? It's pecan season. But, you know, you can't be a pecan tree, you know, give or take, you know, in this maturity, and it doesn't bring any pecans. Or an apple tree, and it doesn't bring, any, bring forth any apple. And there's no way. If the tree don't produce fruit, what they do with it? They knock it down. This would, they, when we, those us that are, are confessing Christ as our Lord and Savior, you will have, you may not have the fruit that everybody else has, but there's some life, there's some proof, there's some evidence. He born again. Right? That's what this is saying. So he said, and all this is a gift from God. So it's not something that we took on ourselves. It's a gift from God. I mean, <coughs> think about this. I don't know how far this statement goes. But Jesus made the statement when he appeared, will he find faith on the earth? I mean, well, just think about it. Will he find us in faith? If that was a way for some believers, if it was possible, I'm not saying, I don't know, to be left. Is it because there was no faith activated in them? Anybody? I'm just saying, I don't know. But one thing for sure, as this say, all this is a gift from God who brought us back to himself through Christ. So if he brought, his, brought us back to himself through Christ, that's why we produce fruit. So you're not here to get saved, but you're here because you are the saved and notice this, as the saved, what are we doing? We are transforming our new, transforming our mind to the new identity of whose we are. Because if you don't transform your mind, then you're still going to live out like you're not saved. But we know you because we know, we know, oh, he, he's saved. No, he can't be. Yeah, 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 I know. His mouth may not show that he is, but he is. <laughs> so what you going to do with him? We just pray, we pray for him. I can't belittle him. Why? He has the same nature of God. So how can I be, how can I, Put him down or put her down that has the same life, the same nature of God in me as they have in them. See, faith is an act of our will to do what? To produce the God kind of life that's already in us. Now, listen to Jesse Planners uh, years ago that went to heaven and came back with the report that if you didn't Learn down here. He said, there's schooling up there in heaven. So if you was a knothead down here and wouldn't learn, there's a school up there that you go to school to learn. That's what I'm told. Which is not a bad thing. My, I said, well, 
I may have to go to school, but at least I made it. Huh? Oh, yeah. Look, if I got to learn, that's okay. It beats hell. Is that right? It beats hell, so that's okay. I don't mind learning. It beats beat going to hell. So if that's the only thing I got to be concerned about, I got it already. I got it made. Amen? I got it made. So, so he said, and all this is a gift from God who brought us back to himself through Christ. See? And God has given us this task. You see that? Of what? Reconciling what? People to him. Look at it. He's giving you and I this task to let them know when you reconcile. Reconcile means that's a what? That's an accounting term. So when you reconcile, what does that mean? You put, you brought the books. Yeah. Well, God using you and I to bring people thinking in order. Because they think, I got to give this up. I got to stop doing this. They put all the burden on themselves. Well, I got to stop. No, no, I'm not ready because I got to stop doing this. I got to stop doing this. See, they, they put all the emphasis upon what they got to stop doing. Whereas you're not going to ever get to the place where you can in yourself stop doing. It's going to take the life of God that's in you, that life that's been severed out and put his life in. The Holy Spirit is working in ways that you and I cannot really understand or conceive, but he's working in ways and you just wake up one day and say, you know what? I, I, I don't want to do that no more. I, I'm done with that. Well, what, what, what's wrong? I'm just done with it. I want more of God. Well, guess what's happening? That life inside of you has now got your attention. And it's, working on, it's been working on you quietly, even when you go to sleep. I think that's how the Lord gets most of us when we, when we knocked out. He said, finally, I can keep, I got his mouth closed. Let me just, right? And you wake up with a new attitude saying, man, something changed inside of me. I don't want to do this no more. I don't know what happened. Well, that's what the Holy Spirit does. I'm telling you, that's verse of scripture for that in Job. That's what it does. He'll wait till you go to sleep. And he began to start. Or when you have those bad moments, you're feeling sorry for yourself. Well, see, you open your, the Holy Ghost, the enemy is going to try to use your head for something, but the Holy Ghost is working in there and he's overriding those things. You ever had something to be overriding? You know, like, I'm a customer of DirecTV. And I have, what's the name of that, 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 that channel? Great American, uh, Great American Channel. So they, they cut my Great American Channel off. Well, you know, I like Great American Channel now. Better than I like Hallmark. They, they lost their mind. But anyway, they cut it off. So they must have had to cut it off sometime yesterday when we were not. And um, 
So I call him up. And notice this. Now, why am I telling y'all this story? Because they have to relate to this. Oh, records. And anyway, I didn't get no, I didn't get what I needed to get just talking to the first representative. So if you've been with DirecTV for any period of time, always say, let me speak to someone in the Lloyd department. Huh? Retention? Yep. Okay. What? Well, what? Well, they're not even a part of AT and T no more. Direct TV. Yeah, but they know that word. Okay. <laughs> but if you say I'm, you know, connect me to someone in the lawyer department. Oh yeah. Guess what? They gonna, they gonna connect you, and then guess what? They will fix it for you. Mm. What they say couldn't be done. Yeah. Or your your time has expired. That lady said, I don't know why he told you that. She said, I'm going to fix it for you. And while she was, you know, they take the little notes and stuff like that. She said, uh, Mr. Moore, put your TV on 326. It should be on. She'll know. But the, the young man wanted me to pay an additional 50 something dollars to change my package. And I don't look at that much TV. And because in them packages, there's a lot of crazy channels that you don't even you don't even want. So my, you know, what I'm just trying saying to you is that, you know, look, I don't know why I'm saying that, but when you have an opportunity to be able to uh, um, uh, talk with people in the light of the light of Christ that's in you. Now, I could have been on the other end as a believer. I'm sick of y'all. I'm ready to cancel. All y'all do is da 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 well, what, what did I do? I just, what do they care? They hear it all the time. They probably just put that. Yeah, and just. And then they come back on, Mr. Moore, I'm sorry you have this, this, and that. And they're not sorry. They could care less. And, and you hang the phone up, boom. They go on to the next one. But what am I saying? I didn't give the enemy that opportunity. Why? Because this verse of Scripture says, and all this is a gift from God who brought us back to himself but notice it's through Christ, and God has given us this task of what? Reconciling people to him. So when you have the right attitude, things could change. But if I got on there and said, huh, I'm tired of y'all. Your mama too, and everybody else, huh? No, you can't do that. Is that right? And all I'm saying to you is that, hey, things change. See, I can bring something. You, you don't know how you can affect people's lives when you speak in the light of that new identity who you are. Look at this next verse. It says, for God was in Christ. Who was in Christ? See? That means he took, he came, became like us. And he partook on something that we were full of guilt and sorrow 
we ourselves had. He said, for God was in Christ reconciling the world to himself. In other words, he was reconciled and saying, look, this attitude, this behavior, this lifestyle, whatever it is, it's not your fault. It was due to the first time. That's why I'm here because I am against all ungodliness, all unrighteousness, and my wrath is speaking toward it. So I know you can't do it, but I'm going to become one like you, and I'm going to take all this ungodliness, all this wrath, all of my anger. I'm going to place it upon myself on this cross, and I'm going to endure the pain, the sorrow, the suffering. I'm going to endure the sickness, the oppression. I'm going to endure the poverty, the shame, the defeat. I'm going to endure it all. So when I go to hell and, and lay there in the comfort of the devil for three days and three nights, which is he think he won, I will arise. And when I arise, all power, all authority will be in my hand. That's Matthew 28, 18. He arose and then he turned and put that authority in the hands of you and I. So if you and I don't understand about this reconciling, he, God has already reconciled. So he's using you and I to show people he's not angry with humanity. He's not angry at you. He's not holding anything against you. He's for you. But you will never know that just trying to hear the word. We have to wear the word for people to know that. So when we said reconcile, people look at our lives and say, they know where we've been. They know the thing that we were involved in. And now to see that we have no, we care nothing about that. We don't even look, listen to that. We don't even look at that. We don't deal with that. Well, you better believe you are that Bible to that person. For a while, you, it's like, what? Uh-uh. You tell me that he changed like that? And they can hear it in your voice. They can see it in your expression. So what you think he's going to do to them? It may not happen today, may not happen tomorrow, may not happen for another year, may not be five years. But you know what? You made a mark in their life that they cannot shake. And they'll get to that place. Remember, the Holy Spirit is working on their heart, working on their heart. And that's the reason why you should never put time limit on nothing. We don't have that ability to do that. But we trust God that he's working it out. He's working it out. Are you following me? You could, you could have a son. You can have a daughter. You can have a, a brother, a sister that just a knot head. I mean, just, just, I mean, just got a double knot in the head. And you just say, that boy ain't going to ever change. Yeah, he is. Just, just, you know, and then you hear him every now and then. Uh, Daddy, God, what about God? You see, see when they ask the question, what? See, sometimes it might throw you. Why? Because now the word is working, prayer is working, and they may go out and do a dumb thing again, but guess what? The Holy Spirit, guys, he's doing work in it. Why? Because he's opening his heart. And what God is doing, he's using you as the Bible. 
to do what? To transmit his goods. People can't, they can't find it in the world. They may not know where to find uh, this verse of scripture in the Bible. But they can look at you and me. And when they see you and I, that's all they need to see. That's the evidence. That's the proof. That's what they're convicted of. That's the amazing part. That's why it's important that you and I live our life the way we do. Because why? God is expecting you and I to increase the family, to increase their awareness of what he done, not only just for you, but what he done for them. So how will the world know? You and I have to be the one to display his love, display his life. That's why we should never be, you know, critical, judgmental, uh, on humanity. Why? Because God has already shared his blood. Look what he said. For God was in Christ. Reconciling what? The world. What is the world? The world is what? Everybody. I don't care what their life is. I don't care what they look like. I don't care what they sound like. I'm telling you, God has already reconciled the world to himself. They just have not seen enough evidence through you and I to be convinced. I'm just, you don't know the people, some of us may not ever know until you get to heaven, the people that watch you, the people that you cause to come in because of the way you held yourself, you kept yourself. So if you don't do it for yourself, just do it for your neighbor. Let your neighbor see that you, you're a born-again believer. Glory to God. Sometimes people who I don't know, they come, and you know, because I, I have to meet vendors all the time, and sometimes they come out with some good old college word. And I just say, praise the Lord. Glory to God. They catch it. Without me telling them anything. They say, oh, you, you, know, you know, I'm a man of faith too. Is that right? What am I saying to you? For God was in Christ reconciling the world to himself, no longer counting people's sin against them. Well, who's counting people's sin against them? Boy, that sounds contradictory, doesn't it? God is not counting people's sin against You hear people say, boy, God is not. God don't like ugly. You could be for sure your sin going to find you out. God going to do this. God going to do that. And it's always on the negative. So you see why people's imagination is always painted What a negative imagination. They say, well, you know, I'm not ready for that. I'm not ready to come in. I'm not. Because why? What happened? You painted a picture of what God's supposed to look like. And this right here says that for God was in Christ reconciling the world to himself, no longer counting people's sin against them. 
What? Yes, sir. Oh, yeah. Yeah. He's not kind of this in against them. Why? Because something took place. But you and I have the responsibility to do what? As you're sitting here, those who may be listening by Facebook, what are you doing? You are listening to transform your way of thinking so that that new identity that you have, your new way of thinking can conform with this new life. And God knows it's going to take a moment. Because wherever you come from, whatever you was involved in, you just don't drastically change overnight like that. You don't. It takes a while. And, you know, and as long as a person is open to hear and to learn and to grow, well, guess what? These are spiritual truths because you you have your flesh, you got the works of the devil that's coming against you in every which way, trying to hold you as a hostage in your mindset. It don't want you to go free. It don't want you to think in this new light. It don't want you to walk in this God kind of love. It wants you to be defensive. You speak evil of me, I'm going to speak evil of you. You slap me, I'm going knock to your, knock your hind paws out. That's what the enemy wants. It wants you to stay in that frame of mindset. And you and I are the only ones that can what? Cast down, bring these vain imagination, put it under our feet, make them be subject, submitted to the word of Christ that's in us. When they see that our fight is different from theirs, our words is not insulting. Our words is not trying to get evil. Or even our words is filled with love. It's filled with compassion. They can't fight that. The devil don't have no fight in that. He lose on all front. But the enemy gets a foothold in our life when we become defensive. We want to defend ourselves. We want to defend our stand. Why? Because that's already part of your old soulish man. That's all we've been taught through the first identity of Adam, the first Adam. But under this new identity of the second Adam, no, we, get, we lay our life down. We can handle the insult now because we now know where you're coming from. I too was on that side. So if I love you, I'm not going to respond in the same manner that you are. Now that take a growing grace. Finally, I'm closing with this. Uh, so for God was in Christ reconciling the world to himself, no longer counting people's sin against them, and he gave us this wonderful message of reconciliation. Next verse, case. So we are Christ's ambassadors. So what's an ambassador? One that serves a country, right? A nation, right? And that, that ambassador is being provided for by that country, that nation, right? Well, we're being provided by God. 
So if the provision is going to come from God, then I got to be I got to be mindful how I act, how I speak. I got to be mindful how I do things around people, around you. I can't just say, well, this is my life. I live it like I want. I do what I want. No, not when I made myself a Christian or Christian. Right? When you, you can't. As an ambassador, I'm not on my own. I'm sent. What would happen to an ambassador of the United States if they decide to just go off on their own or do something that they're not sent there to do? They liable, right? Or uh, what do you call that? High treason? Yeah. You know, I mean, just think about it. God is entrusting you and I as ambassadors here. He put his life in. He laid his life down for you and I. He showed us how he did it. And he's given us the opportunity to allow him to live this life outside of us. All he's requesting us to do is to renew our mind. And let, when we speak, let, let our word be seasoned with grace, seasoned with mercy. That's what he's asking. Because that's what the ambassador here. He said, God is making his appeal through us. Whoa. You see how much faith God got in you and I? He's making his appeal where? Through you and I. So guess what? God needs you. There is no other way that God can minister to the lost or to those who may be backslidden or to those who don't know who they are. He's using you and I. He's making his appeal through you. <coughs> Excuse me. Through you and I. And notice this. We speak for Christ. When we plead, come back to God. Oh, my God. Isn't that something? We plead, we speak for Christ when we plead, come back to God. Because they have no idea what hell is like. I mean, just, you know, I mean, just hell on the earth. Satan will do everything he can to get you and out of self-destruct. He will do everything he can to get whatever you use to hurt yourself or put in your system or what. He will use whatever he can to get you to tilt, to just, why? He wants you out of the way. He hates you because you got God's imprint all over you. And finally, verse 21, for God made Christ who never sinned. Man, look at his next statement. To be the offering for our sin. To be the offering for my wickedness, for my treacherousness, for my uncleanliness, for my ungodliness. <clears throat> he made someone that was pure to take to be my substitute, the offering for my sin. That's what he was. He was an offering. He wasn't a sinner. He was an offering. 
And he had to choose it. When the time came, he had to be willing to choose to become that offering for me. Now just put that, make that personal to yourself. And every time you, you know, you want to get even with somebody or you want to lose your cool, just think about you have an advantage. This is your opportunity to win over your brother, to win over your relative, to win over your employer or employee. They may never look at it and they may never see it, but you're going to walk away feeling good, feeling with a confident, Lord, I let you live through me. Lord, I let you speak through me in that situation. Right? For God made Christ who never sinned to be the offering of my sin so that I could be made right with God through Christ. Oh. Wow. What a lesson. What a lesson about righteousness. What a lesson about knowing this is, so you see why we, our, you know, this righteousness that we're talking about, awaken to righteousness, is to arouse, is to arouse one understanding. Because we don't have, if it's not, Proverbs 2.10 says, the soul has to be taught. That's why we're sharing these lessons with you, sharing in the light with you like we are through the power of the Holy Spirit. Why? Because it's the only way you're going to learn. It's the only way I'm going to learn. I could come here with an outline or with something that's written, but it would never, it would, it would never get to the place where it needs to. Did you learn anything today? Well,